on episode 739 of Into Your Head, uh, something about cats learning accountancy and toy bulletproof vests versus toy bullets and will they work and something, I don't know, the usual crap, the usual crap that you've come to expect, unless you're new, in which case it's not the usual crap that you've come to expect, uh, it's something much better than that, it's much better, uh, wherever you are, you've come to the right place now, I can tell you, you've come to the into your head podcast hello uh here's some music and then we'll start the show absolutely i've made it already i record this afterwards uh, i got well, to be perfectly honest on that on this occasion i've only made seven minutes of the show and i'm doing this as a break on my break i decide to do this uh so anyway suffice to say uh stuff Cats walk into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, Certainly, young man. What kind of my finest Guinness would you like? And the cat says, How can he have more than one type of your finest Guinness? And the man behind the bar says, Oh, you leave that to me, young man. You leave that to me. I'm the expert in here. Uh, who, I'm the one whose name is over the bar and behind the... Oh, behind the colon uh, which in turn is behind the word proprietor although it is uh, shortened in a rather vulgar way if you don't mind me saying so to prop full stop there's no need to shorten the word proprietor if you're going to go to the trouble of putting up the word proprietor over my bar uh, which I am uh, except it was 30 years ago it's the me of 30 years ago that's doing this although it's in fairness in those days in those days I was new to the trade and I did what I was told uh, the sign fella said oh you can only put the prop and abbreviate you can't put the whole word proprietor up there if you do that oh you have probably have architectural structural problems with your roof 30 years from now turns out he was either wrong or lying uh, if I was him I would have said I would have said you put up the word proprietor because he'd be charging by the letter you would have made more out of that uh, maybe I should have been in the sawing business instead of the oh in, in, instead of the running a place with a sign on top of a business I don't know anyway no no we several types of my finest Guinness which one would you like and the cat says well I don't know what ones you have yet have you got a menu or something or do you want to just oh do you want to just speak them out to me or what and the man behind the bar says no no sir uh, this is like a deli you come in and tell me what you want on your sandwich and I'll just make it you don't go looking at a menu you wouldn't go into a deli and say can I have a, can I have a menu menu noise list of all the things that you put on your sandwiches including butter, margarine, tomatoes, onions, scallions, uh, different types. Oh, maybe you do, maybe you do, but in here you don't, no. So which of my finest Guinnesses would you like? And the cat says, I suppose, uh, in the absence of any information which you seem uh, unable or unwilling to give me, I suppose I'll just take the nearest one to see whatever one's easiest for you. And the man behind the bar says, certainly, sir, uh, I'll be back in about an hour. And the great night is had 
simple, you'll accept the cat. He's just sitting there waiting to be served. And nobody else turns up behind him and he starts to think, maybe this bar isn't as popular as I've been led to believe. Uh, maybe, although who am I to say? Who am I to dictate to the world how busy this bar is? That's the job of whoever signs off on the, on the published accounts. Are they published accounts? I don't know. I presume this is a private sole trader business. Do they have to publish their accounts? I don't know. I think they have to put something in in the company's registrator's office. I'm not sure. Although maybe they don't. I don't remember my accountancy very well. Uh, for, for one thing, I'm a cat. Uh, unlike the narrator who's narrating me here. He studied accountancy, but that doesn't mean I know anything about accountancy. Just because I've been created in his mind. Uh, Christ, no. And even if I did. Uh, even if I did, I wouldn't be qualified to practice accountancy being a cat. Me have to be a man or a woman uh, between the ages of 16 and 185 to register as an accountant. I assume, anyway. I've never seen an upper age given, but I assume if I went in there and said I'm a 194-year-old male cat, uh, I assume they'd ask questions, even if we were able to resolve the issue of me being a cat. And I said, oh, I was only joking about the cat. They'd still have questions to ask about me being 194 years old. They'd say, do you not think that's too old for a cat to be an accountant? And I'd have to say, yes, I do. Uh, but that's not for me to decide. That's why I've come to the regulatory body so you can make a decision. You're the, you regulate this professional uh, this, this profession and I'm happy to abide by your decision. As long as it's not ageist or anything like that. I wouldn't want you to make an ageist decision. Well, apart from that, no. Apart from not that, no. And they'd probably have to say, oh, we better let him in. I suppose he seems to have all his qualifications. Uh, when did you finish your exams, your, your uh, accountancy final exams? And uh, you'll say, Oh, I finished them, and I we didn't really finish them. I dropped out of college in the mid 1990s sometime. Uh, I feel I know enough about the world. I've lived a bit. I've been to the University of Life of Accountancy, and they'd have to say, Sir, uh, well, sir, uh, that's great. I'm sure you have. Uh, but the you does the University of of life tell you about all the new accounting standards that come out every year and all the changes in the rules regarding taxation and all the rest of it and uh, oh, the cat will have to say it oh uh, no I'm afraid it doesn't I'm afraid it doesn't well sure that's all her stuff you just pick up as you go along don't you a bit like a street sweeper oh, oh, oh. although they're probably not allowed to pick stuff up, stuff up anymore they make them use that thing with the claw and you pick her up and you put it in your bucket and you're not allowed to touch it at all Probably have to wear gloves as well and a yellow jacket thing in case some bird comes along and crashes into their chest or something. What happens if you're wearing a bright luminous vest because you're out working on the road and a bird comes along and smashes into your face? Uh, well, you probably get killed or maimed or something. But what would happen to the industry after that? Would they, would they have to build it, uh, make extra, uh, extra uh, health and safety regulations regarding covering your face or making your face? face more luminous. They'd probably say you have to use luminous uh, bulletproof face paint or something or so on. Come on, then there'd be a great a great boom in the luminous bulletproof face paint industry and then there'd be a big uh, furore over whether children should be allowed to play with bulletproof paint and people will say, oh that's not real bulletproof paint, that's just toy bulletproof paint, like the toy guns that you let them play with. Uh, it'd be a big controversy. Every talk radio show in the middle of the night will be saying 
Uh, do you let your child play with toy guns? Uh, do you let your child play with toy bulletproof things? Uh, if you're a responsible parent, you give them proper bullet. Could you make a bulletproof vest uh, that was only bulletproof against toy bullets? That'd probably be the answer to it all. Uh, anyway, I've always been a great believer in the dictum. Uh, let's see, what will we do today? A uh, bowl full of... Oh, a bowl full of paper clips uh, may contain trips, traces of... Oh, traces of staples. Uh, broken staples or broken off staples, which themselves it's unfair to call broken. Uh, just because a staple is separated from the... Oh, from the uh, line of staples to which it comes assembled, doesn't mean the staple itself is broken. It may mean it's useless. Uh, oh, uh, the staples, the old staple uh, industry, uh, they've learned everything from frigging, uh, from frigging bees. They look at hornets' nests and they say, oh, uh, they don't work at all unless they're all together in a swarm of bees. Uh, so we're going to do the same with staples. So they said, oh, these staples, we'll stick them all together. Now, uh, they didn't go for the queen bee thing. There's no queen bee of staples. Uh, they just stick them all together in a line, uniformly. You know, like some not. Uh, like some, uh, oh, like some uh, stationary version of George Orwell's 1984, where everybody dresses the same and they all do what they're told. And if you're next in line to be glued to the paper, uh, then you just go through the steeple gun. Someone presses down on your head and you're stuck to that couple of pieces of paper for as long as it's needed. And then you're thrown out. They usually either rip you out and then put the paper through a shredder or else they just leave a hidden and screw the whole thing up and throw it in a bin or else they put it on foil somewhere for hundreds upon hundreds of years or maybe you're in a magazine Uh, maybe you're in the uh, maybe you're in the journal of science and uh, someone keeps a copy of you in a dusty basement library I used to work in a dusty basement library well I had a dusty basement section I didn't work in the basement section but I went to the dusty basement section at times and there were journals there I could tell you from the 1920s and 30s scientific journals uh, that people had written in that say oh a study on a study on whether it's viable Ah, a study on whether it's viable for cats to be shoved into a, uh, to be shoved into an empty can of emerge energy drink. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. Not my responsibility. The content of the books. No, no. Uh, I had other responsibilities relating to the books, but I wasn't responsible for writing. Uh, contrary to popular opinion, uh, people who work in libraries don't write the books. They do not. They just take charge of them. They take custody of them, uh, they buy them in and rent them out uh, no no, they're just the go-between between the author and the and the whoever prints them and whoever wants to read them, there always has to be someone in the middle in these things it's just like with drugs, you wouldn't go straight up to a, uh, straight up to a drugs factory, uh, there's a factory uh, not far from here that makes uh, Viagra pills if I remember rightly, I don't know if they make those ones there, but they make something there I can tell you, they have a plant 
aren't there and they make pills or medicines of some kind. If I wanted pills and medicines of some kind, though, I wouldn't go up to their factory door and knock on the door and say, hello, I'll take half a bottle of those, please. Oh, should be shoved out in your ear. Uh, some uh, some prison guard stall uniformed fellow will come up and say, hello, I'm security. Can I help you, sir? And you'd say, I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it. You're probably not equipped to dispense this sort of thing. No offence. I'm sure you do. Whatever you do, I'm sure you do it very well. In fact, you do it very well right now because I barely had my hand on the doorbell before you were down on me like a ton of bricks. It leads me to wonder why you have a doorbell at all if you take offence every time someone tries to use it. Uh, Jesus Christ, how don't you just take down the doorbell and put a sign saying, uh, you will not have noticed that we have no doorbell or door locker or no system whatsoever of uh, for you to let, let us know that you want to come into our building. Uh, learn what you will from that fact and then leave a dash. I suppose people, uh, some people will ignore a sign like that and even if there's no sign there they'll ignore the meaning of the absence of the sign in the absence of any doorbells. That's why they have to employ a security guard and long may they thrive uh, as long as they don't beat anyone up. It's one thing I can't abide is being beaten up by a security officer. I can tell you it's never happened to me and that's there's no coincidence to that because I don't let them. I don't let secure. I wouldn't fucking what the fucking hell am I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what are you talking about? Here's the question. Uh, you're probably talking about something uh, equally meaningless. It's just not meaningless to you because it involves your life and your job or whatever it is that you do and you're yapping about a day or you're probably going on about oh you're probably going on about your milk deliveries or something or your calf deliveries uh, what's the difference between delivering a calf and delivering milk there's a question for you uh, you'd have to ask the you'd have to ask the farmer's maids about that or maybe you wouldn't maybe that's just general knowledge nowadays it's not really much of a uh, secret. Now, why would you keep that secret? Maybe you should. See, the youngsters would be going up to farms in the middle of the night and delivering calves, uh, just for the just for the sheer hell of it, and then just leaving the calves there, uh, to get on with their lives, just like they used to before there were humans here. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's some sort of Greenpeace thing. They like, oh, they're into artificial animal. They're into non-artificial animal lives. They want these livestock stocks to be set free uh, so they grew up and they say I want that cattle uh, that cow thing to have a natural birth so they grow up and they drag the baby cow out of the cow and then they check that it's okay and they just leave it there in the hay for the farmer to come back and have a look at the next day and it's just to prove that I can stay alive in the well for several hours without a human being being there. The irony, of course, is that they're not proving anything like that at all because they take great care uh, to make sure that the calf is okay. Uh, I suppose it's more of an experiment than a proof. Uh, but hopefully, hey, well, that's how, uh, that's how the world works anyway. Into your head. Remember. We value the opinions of you, the humble and ignorant listener. Email Neil at studio at intoyourhead.com. Support the Podcastual Arts at no cost to you. Just click through the Amazon link at intoyourhead.com whenever you go shopping for anything, even if you use Amazon UK or Canada. We'll take your weird foreign money here. We're not proud. Just visit intoyourhead.com. 
and click on the appropriate Amazon banner. is a prelude uh, to the opening segment of the second half of today's episode of Into Your Head podcast. Uh, there's no purpose to this, no purpose whatsoever. Uh, just like in the Queen song, uh, we serve no purpose like a bloody circus. Uh, that was a, it was on was a whole worth it. It was an extra song on the, oh, it was a B-side on one of the ones on their later stuff. I wouldn't get too worked up over. Uh, basically, there's a Queen song that goes, was was it all worth it? Was it all worth it? And then the hens at the end, he goes, yes, it was worth it. And then he dies of AIDS. He dies of AIDS or something. That's what happened to your man, the queen. He de- He ended up dead. Uh, how he ended up dead is irrelevant. Uh, it's, it's not the. It's not the route that matters. It's the destination. And we're all going to the same destination. I can tell you. So don't be getting up on your high horse over Freddie Mercury because you're going to be dead soon one day. I can tell you. Uh, they're not going to say how did you get here, and you'll say, oh, I took the high road. I took the I took the N7 through to the N9 and then I went over the oh I went over the Red Cow roundabout and then I got onto the M50 and then I went over the toll bridge and paid my way. Uh, unlike Freddie Mercury, I just sat around making making music for 25 years uh, and then he died. Uh, then I took the high road. Oh no, they're not even going there. You're going to be very disappointed when no one asks you. Uh, did you go to Did you go the high road or the low road uh, did you have a band that's all you want to be asked you're sitting around being all high and mighty not being in the band just so that someday if someone happens to think to ask you are you in the band you can stand up proudly and say no I was not in the band unless a rubber, rubber band band counts ho 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 I don't even have one of those never seem to you can never have a you never have a whole bag of rubber bands you get one or two that just happen to come with something and you say I'm going to put these away in my stationery box just in case they ever come in handy but no you never you claim that you're going to have a use for two or three rubber elastic bands during your life uh, but you also claim that you're not going to have enough need for you to splash out on a whole bag of a hundred of them uh, so you either uh, tra- nail your trousers to the mass if you think you're going to want electric um, I don't know rubber bands surely you're going to need at least a hundred during your life so buy, buy a bag of the fucking things don't be uh, fucking have a, a bag of uniform rubber bands or they probably come mixed they probably have a mixed bag of rubber that's probably what you're worried about you're worried you'll get a mixed bag of rubber bands and there'll only be two sizes or colours of them in there that will be of any use to you the rest will go to waste. I mean, you can't. If there's one thing you can't stand, I can tell you it's waste. Well, you're not special in that. We, the rest of us hate waste too. We just realise that sometimes it can't be avoided. Sometimes you can't avoid waste. So get that into your thick skull and stop trying to make out you're better than Freddie Mercury, for Christ's sake. Anyway, two Freddie Mercury's walk into a bar.
one of the Freddy Mercury's goes straight up to the bar counter and says, ha, hello, and we are wondering if you'd have a spot for a Freddy Mercury tribute band. And the man behind the bar says, oh, a Queen tribute band, you mean? Oh, certainly interested in that. We're all great big fans of Queen around here. And the Freddy Mercury says, no, I was wondering if you'd like just a Freddy Mercury tribute band who just does the solo work of Freddy Mercury and the man behind the bar says, well, you only had about two albums and one of them was opera with what's-her-name and one of them was just a compilation of bits and pieces thrown together. He barely did any solo work at all. And the Freddie Mercury says, do you mean he or do you mean you? You do realise who you're talking to, don't you? And the man behind the bar says, yes, I do. I'm talking to a Freddie Mercury professional imitator. And the Freddie Mercury says, uh, "In professional imitator, says indeed I am indeed I am but apparently you don't consider me real enough to talk to me in character and the barman says well I'm not in character you see I'm a real barman so for me a real barman to talk to someone who's uh, in character as Freddie Mercury uh, that would be like uh, that would be like talking to someone in another dimension they haven't found a way to do that yet uh, unless of course you're a real Freddie Mercury and you're talking talk to you through some sort of time portal. Now that would impress me, I can tell you. But if you able to do that, surely you'd be able to reform the band. Now would you get the band from back in your time, the other side of the time portal, or would you get the band as they are today? Because frankly, I don't want to disappoint you, but the band as they are today are going a bit nuts. Uh, one of them's running a Save the Badgers campaign. Uh, one of them's pretty much hasn't said a word in 20 years. And the other fella, ah, uh, the other fella is just growing a beard Roger Taylor he's grown a beard presumably to distinguish himself from the other Roger Taylor uh, who I believe is a, a banner a, a drummer in Duran Duran uh, Christ they're not named after two people both called Duran because that would be even more confusing you'd have uh, Roger Taylor from Queen uh, Roger Taylor from Duran Duran and then you'd have Duran from Duran Duran and then you'd have the other Duran from Duran Duran it's surely the Christ, they'd have to give one of them a nickname. Uh, maybe they could do a swap and exchange where they swap one of the Duran names with uh, I don't know, with Brian May from Queen. And Brian May from Queen could be called Duran. Uh, and then there'd only be one Duran in Duran Duran. And there'd be a Brian May in Duran Duran. And there'd be another Duran and he'd be uh, Brian May and Queen. But he'd take the name Duran. <laughs> I'm probably overcomplicating this, am I? Uh, and the Freddy Mercury says, uh, so you're not interested then in my act, I suppose. And the uh, man behind the bar says, ah, now there's no need to be negative. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, if I was going to say that, I'd, I'd say it. I'd be honest, but I wouldn't say it like that. Uh, I'd say it in my own voice for a start. I wouldn't just get you to say it. I wouldn't just get you to say, so you're not interested then. No, no, I'd have, I'd stand up and have the balls to say it myself to your, to, to your face. I'd say I'm not interested uh, I don't know how to do ventriloquism anyway as it is so I wouldn't be able to say it through your voice 
and uh, Freddie Mercury and impersonator says, I've lost you there, I've lost you there. And uh, ah, the man band behind the bar says, now don't get all uh, down about this, don't get all depressed. You've lost, you have indeed lost me there and I've lost you there. Uh, well, maybe we never found each other in the first place. Has that occurred to you? Is that another Freddie Mercury over there with you who's gone down for a seat? Uh, would he like a pint of my finest Guinness? And the Freddie Mercury fella says, oh, I forgot about that. I was supposed to be ordering around uh, two pints of your finest Guinness, please. And the man behind the bar says, I must admit, I wouldn't have thought of Freddie Mercury as the sort of fellow who drinks Guinness. And the Freddie Mercury up at the bar says, well, ah, well, that's the thing. That's what distinguishes a real Freddie Mercury impersonator from a fake one. A real Freddie Mercury impersonator would drink Guinness because he knows that's something that the real Freddie Mercury wouldn't do and he knows his place as an impersonator uh, so if you ever get a Freddie Mercury impersonator in here refusing to uh, order Guinness uh, then you know he's just a bit uh, a bit too full of himself or a bit too full of Freddie Mercury or thinks he's a bit too full of Freddie Mercury when in fact he isn't the opposite is the case and the barman says oh I see I see uh, anyway where are we going with this uh, and the Freddie Mercury impersonator says I think we're going I think we're going down here to this quarter in the seat me and my friend are going to have a couple of pints of Guinness and then see what happens we'll see what happens or else here we might hear what happens because stuff can happen that's uh, aural as well as visual you know in this world uh, something happening doesn't have to be a visual thing it can be an aural thing uh, people love to say that to say we'll see what happens maybe you won't see what happens unless someone puts subtitles on it has that occurred to you and the barman bar bar says it hasn't occurred to me but as it happens I've never really talked about it I would not, so I haven't technically ruled it out uh, so I can claim not to, not to have been ignorant about the matter it just has never come up and the Freddie Mercury impersonator says you're damn right about that you're damn right about that uh, would you like me to do a medley uh, and the barman says no thanks no thanks now go and sit down and shut your stupid ugly face and the great night has had by all. You're listening to Into Your Head, hosted by Neil, Ireland's version of the Octomom. Except he's a dude. And has cats. Monkey nuts. That's what they called them. They called them big steaming. Uh, do I sound any different than I did in the previous segment? There's a question for you. There's a question. Because I brushed, just brushed my teeth. I didn't take a break specifically to brush my teeth. Uh, I took a break to go and urinate in the downstairs toilet. Uh, stopping off to check had any post arrived through the letterbox. Uh, I decided, well, I'm in the downstairs toilet, which is my chosen place of toothbrushing. Uh, when I'm downstairs, I decide to brush my teeth. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking most people don't brush their teeth downstairs. Uh, well, I do half the time because I like to brush my teeth after dinner. And like lo- most normal people, I have my dinner downstairs and then I go for a piss. Uh, so I keep a spare set of toothbrushing apparatus downstairs. Uh, call me old-fashioned. Uh, I think if you're going to fill up bits of a dead cow into your mouth and get bits of 
of them stuck between your teeth uh, you should have equipment ready to get rid of them uh, at the earliest possible moments thereafter uh, so that you don't go around looking like someone who's just eating a cow looking like a fucking savage uh, no no because that stuff that stuff could rot in your teeth and then it could rot your teeth again you'd have no teeth left and you just end up oh you end up looking uh, probably much better if you can afford it because you get a set of real uh, fake teeth that look very realistic uh, but I'd rather have a set of real teeth that look very realistic or I'd rather real teeth that look very unrealistic I don't know I could keep them uh, so in such good condition that they look unrealistically good for a man of my age is that something to be strived for well I suppose that's a bit like if you get plastic surgery to make you look younger than your ears and you look stupid uh, so maybe there is an argument for letting your teeth rot a little bit but not too much has to be some happy medium uh, anyway I meant to say do I sound any different now because I've brushed my teeth with a very minty toothbrush uh, my speech feels very oh feels very fresh uh, fresh I suppose it doesn't probably doesn't make any difference to the audio uh, but I can feel uh, minty fresh well not as, about as minty fresh as you can get with a uh, with a Lidl uh, imported Jeep brand uh, toothpaste which I'm not going to buy again next time I can tell you you can be damn sure to Christ as hell there'll be no more of that Lidl to uh, they get you in with the with the fake German stuff on it they put these German brands and then they tell you oh it's just the same as the good brands over here it's just that they're from over there that's the only reason you don't recognise the brand no the reason you don't recognise the brand is because it's fucking made up they got some child to make a tooth uh, tooth pour, uh, fuck you got some child to make a Lego or something or as an art project in school probably I don't know I don't know oh that reminds me I have a new thing on my desk here I have a stick on Ah, some sort of stick-on paper thing that you can stick to anything at the end. It becomes a blackboard, so I've drawn a cat on it with chalk. Uh, so you might, uh, we might have fun with that later if we ever get tired of the harmonica. <laughs> Anyway, uh, suffice to say, I brushed my teeth. I brushed my teeth, and I won't. I'm now uh, one step further away from having no teeth. I've extended my teeth life, hopefully by a bit. Although I didn't eat, did I eat anything this morning? I did, but nothing of any uh, significance uh, orally, teeth why teeth health. Uh, related, I don't think. Is toast harmful to your teeth? I don't think so. Had some coffee, had some toast. Uh, had some milk in the toast, not in the coffee, not in the toast, in the coffee. Had some sugar, you're probably not supposed to have sugar if you want teeth. Uh, but it was a brown sugar, it was a healthy kind. Uh, brown sugar, uh, what's that they say? Brown sugar, it's good for your heart, the more you eat the more oh no that's beans that's beans that's only if you're 12 years of age and you believe everything you hear in a vulgar poem uh, no no uh, there's probably adult versions of that though there's ones that go uh, don't eat sugar that looks like beans uh, just get normal beans because you're uh, grown up you can afford beans you don't need to be replacing your beans with sugar although there are bean related recipes that use sugar is that tomato and 
green bean thing that I'm thinking of making tomorrow, that involves half a spoon of sugar. But no more than that, I can tell you. Unless there's beans in. There's probably sugar in the, in the beans naturally, but that's a different thing. Natural sugar is fine. It's the artificial sugar that's bad for you because it's made of crop. They make it out of... Uh, so if it's not naturally occurring in fruits, uh, then they've made the sugar probably out of fucking uh, iron and steel and wood chippings and whatever they put into sausages and all that sort of crap. I suppose as long as it tastes okay, it can't be all that bad. Nature knows that if there's something you're not supposed to eat, all it has to do is give it a bad taste and a bad smell and then you won't eat it. Uh, that's why things go off. Anyway, suffice to say, good morning. Good morning.